Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. For the first half of this year, we are planning to go through important passages of the Gospel of John. But before we get more specific, Dave Stückelschweiger will give us an overview of this fourth book of the New Testament. We will see what parts of Jesus' life and story it covers, and that it is evangelistic and apologetic. And Dave will point out that the whole book of John is focusing on who Jesus is. But to find out more, let's listen to Dave. Okay, well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, David. I'm one of the members here in Grace Church, and I'm honored to be able to introduce today our new sermon series um, for this year. Before we start, um, if you don't know it, uh, as Grace Church, we have um, used the app uh, Slido, or it's a, it's a website, Slido. So if you have any questions during the sermon, anything that you would like to be answered either today or, or uh, during some of the next weeks, or maybe through an email, um, you can write questions live in Slido, and we'll try to answer them. And also, uh, we have the Bible app. Um, so if you uh, if you use the Bible app, you can search for events and, and type in Grace Church Vienna, and you should find our current uh, sermon series and also today's sermon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to come to this earth and um, to show us and, and teach us about you. Thank you that um, you offered a path to righteousness and you offered a path to you. Thank you that you have accepted and welcomed us as your children and that we have access to you as our Father. Heavenly Father, I ask today that you would talk to our hearts, that you would convict us of the things that are not right, Lord, and that you would encourage us and, and give us hope and also in our current situation. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you and know that we have a foundation in you that goes beyond what we experience right now, also beyond what we see here on this earth, Lord, that we know we have an eternity with you already stored up for us. Lord, help us to understand your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as Christians, we like to focus on one sermon topic for a little bit of a longer time. And so from now until pretty much the beginning or middle of the summer, we will go through the topic or uh, the Gospel of John. Um, today I have the privilege to start with an overview of the Gospel um, and an overview in general of the whole book. So maybe you might ask, why the Gospel of John? Um, I'm not quite sure. Um, maybe uh, next week Günther can tell more about it. Um, but the leadership team has thought about it, prayed about it, and they came to the conclusion that it would just benefit our church um, and our situation right now. So maybe next week Günther uh, will preach about John 1, and, and maybe you can next week say a few words um, why you chose this topic. But before we start, let me just say this. Sometimes, as I would say, sometimes as mature Christians, we tend to, to um, look down on the simple Bible passages. Sometimes what happens is over time we have heard things so often and read some verses so often um, that we l almost look down on them because we start and, and begin to, um, to view them as normal. Sometimes, I would say also for myself, or maybe you experience it as well, we believe that we grow spiritually beyond the simple gospel. And to anyone who is tempted to think like that, 
um, let me just tell you this, you will never grow beyond the gospel. Because it is in the gospel that we as Christians are rooted. So what do, you mean, what do I mean when, when I say the gospel? The gospel, um, as, as the Bible defines it, is the good news. It's the good news that tells us that we as humans were created by God and for God. Our purpose was to glorify him, to love God and to love others. And it seemed simple, but um, we left our position with God. And that is both true for the first humans, Adam and Eve, but it's also true for you and I. We left this position with God. We did what was not right, um, and we did not love God well, and we did not love others well. And because of what that happened, um, our, our, the whole creation changed. Um, and so if we look around, we see that things are just not right. Now, I'm not just talking about um, virus and stuff, but I'm just talking about in general society. If you look around in society, you realize that things are not right, that the people don't are not treated well, that stuff doesn't work well, that, that there's so much unfairness in, in our whole world. And, and if we look closely, we have to come to the conclusion that we are a part of that. Um, that in, in some way, bigger or smaller, um, and we all believe that we're the, the one who only contribute a little bit, but in some way, bigger or smaller, we contribute to this mess as well. And here's the thing, what, what, what can we do about it? And, and for, for thousands and thousands of years, people have tried to do something about it, and, and it works better or, or worse, but it never solves the issue. And so God, in some way, God came to change it. God loved us so much that he did not give us, give up on us as humans, but he did something about it. And this is what we read in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And so when we believe that, when we believe that, that God sent his son into the world because of the mess that we created, that we decide to follow him um, and, and come back to this original purpose to glorify him in, in, in loving, by loving God and, and by loving others, um, when we do that, then because of the price that Jesus paid, uh, we can come back into this community with the Father. He promised to forgive us. He promised to renew us. And he promised to one day welcome us into eternity in heaven. So this is the core of, of what we believe. This is what we as Christians, this is what we stand on. And, and we need to be reminded of it constantly. And, and I hope that we never grow um, uh, or believe that we grow beyond this simple gospel. I hope that we can and will forever treasure it as simple as it sounds. Now with this being said, let's look at the gospel according to John. Um, I think I, uh, I, I prepared... Um, uh, some slide, I hope it shows up. Um, it is one of the four Gospels that we find in the Bible. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then the last one is John. There are four people at the time um, who wrote about uh, 
about the life of Jesus Christ. They were uh, inspired and, and, and instructed by God himself, by the Holy Spirit, to do that and, and write it out the way it was written. So the Gospel of John is probably the last one that was written. Um, in my Bible, uh, in most Bibles, it's about 30 pages long. So if you read, if you read it, it takes about two hours. Um, or if, if you're more like me or some other people, you don't like to read it, you can listen to it on YouTube. You just type in audio Bible and, and you find one. Uh, you can listen to it. It takes about two hours. Um, and I just want to encourage you because we go through that as a church, maybe you just take some time this week, um, one evening or another and, and you just listen to the whole Gospel of John. It's, it's actually, once you listen to all of it, it's not that compact, it's not that much. It's, it's actually quite simple in some way and, and, and easy to grasp, especially if you just go through it um, all at once. But to look at some of the background, um, the Gospel of John was written between 80 and 90 AD. Um, so, so about um, 50 years after uh, Jesus Christ um, ascended into heaven. It was written in Ephesus by the disciple John. So how do we know it was written by John? How do we know it was really the John that we, um, we know as one of the 12 disciples of Jesus Christ? And the reason we know that is because less than 100 years later, the Gospel of John was distributed throughout most of the Mediterranean area. Um, and, and to the people there, it was just commonly known and everyone viewed it as the Gospel that was written by John the disciple who later became John the Apostle. Um, additionally, there, there, um, John, the, the Apostle John, he, he mentored a guy who mentored another guy um, and, and who was also a Christian and he was defending the gospel because he said, my mentor told me um, that it was already his mentor, John the disciple, who wrote it back then in Ephesus. And so during at the time, um, it was well established that this is the um, book that John the disciple wrote. Additionally, we have some proof inside the Gospel of John. And so if we look at the Gospel of John, the book mentions the names of the 12 disciples of Jesus Christ. So he mentions all of them, just like all the other, um, apostles, uh, all the other um, Gospels do. But the interesting thing is in, in the Gospel of John, there is one name that is never mentioned, and that is John himself. So he talks about all the other 11 guys. And all the 11 guys, he mentions their names. But then there is one disciple who's just called the one who Jesus loved. And, and that's it. And so if we look at all the, uh, the, the three other um, Gospels, we know that one guy is missing, and that's John. Um, and so at the time, it was very common, actually, for people who were um, humble and, and, and didn't want to brag about them, like a lot of Christian authors, that they would leave out their own name. Um, and so also that is an indication um, that it was actually written by the uh, disciple John himself. Now the Bible consists of 66 different books and, and, and every one of these books has a, a, a unique focus. Um, in, in, in some way they, they don't contradict each other but they complement in, in each other in, in a way that like every book adds a unique piece to the revelation that we have from um, from our God. And so um, the unique view that the Gospel of John offers us is that it testifies that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Um, 
And if you read through the Gospel of John, you will see it over and over again as Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And we'll talk more about the, um, the meaning of the word Son of God um, specifically. But the Gospel of John, it talks much about who Jesus is, where he came from, and what his authority is, um, in, in what he does here on an earth, here on this earth, and then also about where he's going. Um, so it talks about this eternal, um, uh, eternal God, um, who came to earth as Jesus Christ. It talks about Jesus Christ as the Son of God, specifically meaning that Son of God is God. Um, uh, Son of God is, is just another expression of him, he himself being God. Now, the Gospel of John was written to both believers and skeptics. In, in some ways, it's very apologetic in that it defends um, and, and, and describes why we, we should believe. And in the Gospel of John, it, it was written both to believers um, to give them a better grasp of of who Jesus is, about the nature of the Trinity, and what this all means, but also to skeptics um, who were kind of wondering, like, why should I believe this kind of new faith? Why, why should I value it and, and trust it um, and, and, and believe it? And to the skeptics, what, 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 um, what the Gospel of John shows us is that, that God himself, what, that the God himself is the one who is willing to come into our world in order to offer us salvation. And every one of the four Gospels also shows us a specific view of, of Jesus. Um, it's not that they are all different, but just every Gospel highlights a, a different aspect. Um, and in the Gospel of John, we see Jesus as the eternal Word of God. If you remember the beginning of the Gospel of John, it talks about the Word. It talks about Jesus being the eternal Word of God, being with God. And he's the one who made everything, the one who opened the communication line with our creator. He is the one who was always, who was there on this earth and who will always be. If we looked at the structure and, and the outline of um, the Gospel of John, it's actually um, quite different from the other uh, three Gospels, because the Gospel of John is more like a biography. Um, so it's not like a, a, just a summary of the different events. It's like some of the other Gospels, they say he went to this town and this town and he did this and that. But the Gospel of John is more different, and that's an, a biography it, talking more about the person of Jesus Christ than about the certain events and, and what specifically he did. When we read the Gospel of John, we see in the first chapter, um, we we read about the incarnation. Literally, incarnation be, means um, someone becoming flesh. So it talks about God becoming a human. Just like you and I, he became a human and a human flesh. And then the next four chapters, chapter 1 through 4, we see an introduction of Jesus. Um, so this introduction of Jesus is different with different people. We see how Jesus was introduced through John the Baptist. We see um, how he was introduced in front of his disciples. We see Jesus being introduced in Galilee, in Judea, in Jerusalem. And so all of these show us how Jesus was introduced. And then from chapter 5 to 12, 
read about resistance. Um, over the time, resistance builds up, um, and Jesus actually encountered a lot of resistance. Um, and so for, uh, from chapter 5 to 12, we read how he fought resistance um, during different feasts in Galilee and in, in Jerusalem um, and, and how he responded. And then chapters 13 to 17 are about the preparation of the disciples. So Jesus prepares his disciples for his departure. And then chapters 18 and 19 talk about the rejection and the crucifixion. Um, and then chapters 19 to 21 talk about the burial and resurrection. Okay, so now we have talked about general the overview of the Gospel of John. Um, let's let's look at specifically um, what what God's word says. I think that um, for sermons it's good to have some information, but at some point we always have to look into the Bible and see what the Bible wants to tell us. So why was the Gospel of John written? If we look at John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, this is what we read. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so it specifically tells us that, that much else happened in the life of Jesus. Um, so much of, of, of what happened in the life of Jesus, what was left out was not recorded. And, and some of that is recorded in the other Gospels. Um, and, and John, um, this is why John reads differently. It does not focus so much on the prophecies as you could read, for example, in Matthew. Um, or not some, it doesn't talk so much about what Jesus did. You can read all that, what he did in, in, in the Gospel of Mark. Um, it doesn't talk so much about how Jesus cared for people. If you want to see how Jesus cared and interacted with people, go to the Gospel of Luke. But what John focuses on is who Jesus is. And everything within the Gospel points to this one thing. Who is Jesus. One interesting thing that we see in, 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 in the Gospel of John is that there's seven, or the number seven, there's seven signs and seven I am statements. And those seven signs or seven miracles, they're not just random miracles that happened in, in a chronological order, but those were recorded specifically because they point to who Jesus is. And those seven signs were um, the first one that he made um, wine out of water, um, the healing of a lame man, the feeding of the 5,000, the walking on water, the healing of a man born blind and raising Lazarus from the dead. That's, those are the seven signs that, that Jesus performed, the seven miracles that he performed before he, um, he was crucified. And there is one additional one after he, um, that we read about after he was resurrected, and that is the huge catch of the fish. Um, at the Sea of Galilee um, at the very end. But those seven signs point to one thing. And, and so um, some, of the, um, some of those miracles were, were kind of normal miracles that, that God did through other prophets. Um, so um, the Holy Spirit was at working and at life in, 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 working in the lives of other people and prophets. And, and God did intervene quite often in the life of the Israelites. But um, there's something unique about those uh, those signs 
and is that there's never been really a, a dead guy that was raised to life. And so by raising a dead guy back to life, Jesus, um, with Lazarus, Jesus pointed out and Jesus showed that he was actually um, more powerful. He was bigger than death. Um, there was also never a man that was born blind that could see again. And Jesus, by healing a man who was born blind, he showed that he is bigger than any disease or anything here in this world. Now, the Gospel of John has two aims. Um, the Gospel of John focuses on an evangelistic, has an evangelistic focus and an apologetic focus. It has very much an evangelistic focus in that it uses the word faith more than a hundred times. So that's more than twice as much as in, in, in any of the other um, Gospels. And we read in, in John 20, verse 31, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. See, we, we read in, in the beginning of, uh, um, in, in chapter 1, we read that God came into the world. Um, he came into the world that he created, but the world did not welcome him and did not accept him. And so, um, it is the hope that, that by reading um, John, we and, and the people that read it um, start to believe and grow in our belief in, in who Jesus is. In some way, when I listened to the audio Bible, um, at some point I almost started to cry because it's it's kind of sad to, to read through all the um, the or, or hear through all the Gospel of John and to see how much He cares about people, how much God cares about humans. That He gave everything up. He arrived here. He uh, he 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 put in so much effort to uh, to tell people who he is and, and, and to show them, to point them the way to the Father, but people still not trusting him and, and rejecting him. But we read, everyone who welcomes Jesus and believes in him, they will receive the right to become children of God. And John's aim here is to help us see, um, to help us see who Jesus is. And because of that, believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah the Son of God. So the first aim is an evangelistic one in, in, in some way to increase our faith or, or to start our faith. And the second one is very much an apologetic one. Apologetics means the intellectual defense of the truth. What, what uh, John wanted to show with his gospel is that um, that what the true identity of Jesus is. See, for people at the time, it was very confusing because they saw Jesus um, walking around like any other human being. And, and, and sure, they, they, um, they, they knew that something was different about Jesus. They knew that what he did, what he taught was out of the ordinary. But to truly understand um, him being fully God and being fully human, they, they needed more revelation. And this is why God spoke to them and speaks to us through the Gospel of John in showing us that what, what the Trinity is like, um, what it means that Jesus is both 
human and God. And everyone, everyone believes something. Um, everyone believes something, but we as Christians, what we believe is crucial. See, Jesus Christ, he's not just a messenger from the Father. He's not just a prophet that was sent to tell us some news. He's also not just a sacrifice that was given, as some others might view Jesus as, as the, the one who just um, was there to, to carry the burden, and that's it. Um, and, and, and something that God gave up, you know, like, like you give up uh, your house or your car or something. But it's very crucial that we know that Jesus Christ isn't just like a messenger, a prophet or a sacrifice, but he is the Son of God. And the Son of God means something very important. If we look at John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. He says, I and the Father, we are one. And, and that's very important because um, the Pharisees at the time, they wanted to stone him for that. Um, so the Son of God in biblical times, the Son of God um, refers to same in essence. So maybe nowadays we have a different approach because we are very individualistic. So, so I'm my father's son, but I'm a completely new person. I'm, we might have the same name, maybe not, but, but every one of us is different. But if we, at the time it was, it was different. At the time, um, the son of somebody was in a way same in essence. And, and if we look at it, for example, if you think about animals, right? The, the, the son of a cat is also still a cat. Um, so it doesn't become a dog or something else. Um, the, the son of a turtle is also still a turtle. It does not become a different kind of animal. Um, and so the son of God is also a God. And this is what, what, what it means. This is why um, Jesus was, was persecuted at the time. Because him saying he is the son of God means he's saying he is God. We read about uh, the, the Pharisees trying to stone him for that in chapter 10. Um, and that was also the reason why Jesus was crucified in chapter 19, verse 7. It says, the Jewish leaders insisted, we have a law, and according to that law, he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. So the claim to be the Son of God is, is something that is, that according to Jewish law, that had to be punished, because you claimed that as a human, you were God. And, and so for Jesus, that was not a contradiction because he did not claim to be God, but he was God. Um, and so why is that important? See, Jesus Christ, he's not just a messenger from the Father and, and he's not just a sacrifice that was given, but he is the Son of God. In other words, he is God. That's what separates us from any other religion, right? God himself, God himself came into our world to save us. And see, when people claim that all religions are the same and, and everyone has something good and spiritual in them, what we have to say is, no, 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 we, we're not the same. Because what we believe is, is, is completely reversed. We believe that God showed up in our world. God showed up in our world to save us. And see, one thing to think about is um, when things are messed up, somebody needs to come and, 
fix it, right? Um, when really important things are messed up, um, then, then it's of, of, of really important people usually show up to fix it. It's of highest importance. Um, and so we see right now in the pandemic, the presidents show up at, at seemingly unimportant events because all of a sudden, whatever vaccine becomes um, highest priority or, or we read it in the newspapers, something is like top priority. It's like president's priority or, or we also recall it chancellor priority. And, and so the important thing is that because for God, you and I, because for God, you and I were so important, God made saving you God's priority. And this is what we see in the Gospel of John, that, that God wanted you so much, he made saving you a God priority. And so how does that affect us? As Christians, for our basis for, of our belief, we need to know who God is. Who is God? What does he think of you? How does he interact? How, um, how does the Trinity work? And, and I know it's, it's all hard to understand, but, but who God is um, is of crucial importance because it will affect um, how we think about him and also affect how the second thing about who we are. We have to know who we are. And for some of us, um, that means that we realize we're not as special as we think we are. Um, for some of us, maybe we're on the other side. We need to realize we are more special than we think we are. And the third thing that we need to realize and, and, and we need to understand and know is who we are in Christ. See, in, in the Bible, we read this, this phrase in Christ um, um, quite often. And what it means is that in Christ, a Christian becomes a new person. He's completely changed. Um, he's uh, different from what he was before. Not just different, but he's completely different. And we got to know that uh, whoever we were before Christ, when we follow him, when we believe him, and, and um, when we decide to follow him, we are incorporated in him and that we become a new person in Christ. We're not um, living out of ourselves anymore. We are not um, struggling by ourselves anymore, but we are in him. We are secure in him. We are supported by him. And so, um, for the end of the sermon, I want to like, I would like to go back to John chapter 20, verse 31. And we read it earlier. It says, but these, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. That by believing, you may have life in his name. See, when we follow Christ, it doesn't mean that we get the perfect life from him, right? Sometimes as Christians, we struggle because we hope and, and we think that if, if we follow Christ, we get the perfect life from him. But God, God never promised this. We don't get the perfect life from him, but we live in him. Which means we look for fulfillment in him. We, we not just look for, but we find fulfillment in him. We find a joy in him. We find our purpose in him. We find our security in him. See, this, this, this last week in, in our small group on Friday, we talked about Hebrews chapter 2. And, and there was one verse talking about um, the bondage in this world. I don't know about how, how you feel about the bondage in this world, but... But we were talking about this, like, like we, we don't often feel really 
bonded in this world, at least not from what, what I experienced. Um, but then, then I was thinking about it is, um, I might not feel like it most of the time, but in some way in my thinking, I'm very much bound by this world. What I mean by that is that instinctively the things that I go for, the, the things that I wish, the things that I would like to have, are just the things that the world offers us. They're not necessarily bad, but just they're bad if they become the focus. And so um, I realized in, in my own life is that the closer that I am to God, the less important um, are the things that, that, that this world has to offer. It's like the closer I am to God, the less, the less I think about, you know, achieving this or, or, or doing that or, or going there, getting this promotion or, or earning more money or moving somewhere, buying a house. The closer that I get to God, the more, um, the, the less important these things become and the more important, um, are the, the things that, uh, that we, um, that, that we have stored up in eternity. And I would like, to end this, this sermon um, with the seven I am statements um, that we read throughout the Gospel of John. And, and we'll go um, through probably most of them or all of them over the next few months. But I will just want to briefly um, dive in. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And just like a bread sustains our physical life, just like we need food and, and, and for our life here, for, for breakfast or um, to survive, the same way Christ offers and sustains our spiritual life. This means that we can come to him. He has promised to offer us all of that. We can come to him. We can expect him to give us that. And if we, and if we feel spiritually drowned, because God promised it, if we feel spiritually drowned, we can come to him and say, Jesus, you promised this. Now I, I require this from you. Jesus also said he's the light of the world. In a world that is lost in darkness, Christ offers himself as a guide. Christ gave his life as a, as a, as a, um, um, as a forebuild, you know. Anyway, he gives us his word that we can follow. Um, he gives us his life as an example uh, that we can follow. Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. With that, he means that he protects his followers. He protects you and I. He's the good shepherd that cares for his flocks, that keeps them from attacks and from predators. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Death is not the final word for those that are in Christ. No matter what comes, we know that, that we will live beyond our physical death here in this world. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is committed to caring and watching over those who are his. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, Jesus for us is the source of all truth. He's the knowledge about God. He's the one who re revealed us about him. He revealed us about the Trinity. And he's the one that offered us a path to the Father. He's the one that offered us a path to forgiveness, a path to holiness, a path to eternity. This is what we mean by salvation. And the last one is, he says, I am the true vine. See, when we attach ourselves to Christ, we allow his life to flow 
in us and we allow his life to just, just not just flow in us but also out of us um if we allow that we will bear the fruit um, that we were created to bear and through that we will honor the father I'm excited to dive into the Gospel of John for the next few months, um, and I hope you're as well. To me, is such a great reminder of who Jesus is. I think, think sometimes I forget um, who he is. Sometimes um, when I look at the Father and I look at Jesus, I just see so different pictures. Um, and, and sometimes I forget that even though they are different, they are the same God. Um, and... And so I hope that also through this sermon series and also this morning, um, you realize just what a privilege it is um, that God made you his highest priority, that he came down here on this earth himself to offer you forgiveness, to offer you holiness and an eternal life with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you... Open the path to the Father, Lord. Thank you that you came down here on this earth because, um, because we failed. And Lord, I just pray that, that we would um, cherish the simple truth of the gospel, that we would never outgrow it or feel like we outgrow it, that we would enjoy it and find strength and encouragement in it every day of our lives, Lord. I pray that we as Christians stay humble, um, that we uh, that we delight in the even in the simple truths, Lord, and I pray that through this sermon series you bring an encouragement to each and every one of our church. Um, I pray that um, you would also use it for for people that don't know you, that struggle, that that have questions, Lord, that they would um, get to know you better, that they would understand um, you and your your ideas and and your. Um, your love that you have for us, that they would see um, how big of a priority they are to you. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come to you and pray and, 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 and bring you all our challenges and, and, and joys and hopes and everything that's in you. Lord, use your word to change our hearts and mold us and, and, and form us into the men and wo- women you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.